Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Hey everybody, welcome to the mini break at Cracked Rackets and Tennis Channel Production, your daily podcast for storylines, results, and controversy in the tennis world. Today is Thursday, February 6th, and we're here to talk some tennis as always. Today's mini break is brought to you by Diadem, the Florida-based brand making waves in the tennis world. From apparel to rackets to anything else you may need, diademsports.com is your place to go. Use our exclusive promo code CR50 to get 50% off all rackets, strings, and bags. Once again, that's CR50, and you get 50% off of that purchase. Uh, Another exclusive offer you get with a promo code from Crack Rackets, go ahead and head over to aerobar.com. Use Cracked30 for 30% off your order over there. That's Cracked30. We've got all the hookups, but... Really, now it's time for me to get into the tennis. There are lots of events going around, uh, going on right now, but today primarily want to focus on two in particular. Um, there's a challenger in Dallas with a lot of great action, particularly the American men there, and of course the ATP 250 in Montpellier, France at the moment. Joining me to do so is my favorite partner in crime. It's Matt Stachowiak. Matt, how you doing? What's going on, Jamie? Man, I thought after uh, the Aussie finished up, you know, I was going to get to relax a little bit, take a little break, but but no, man. I mean, we got challengers. We got 250 events. It's, uh, there, there's no rest, so let's get into no, it. No, we don't, we don't take breaks anymore. Really, the only time we get that is like some of November, December. That's, That's really right. the only time you... But uh, no, we don't really do that here. And yeah, you know, we're, we're sort of off the high of the Australian Open where it was just crazy volume of matches all in one place all at once. Um, and, and now it's more fun in some ways because you don't have matches at ridiculous times now uh, for, for some like Challenger in Dallas, for example, where we're going to start talking today. You know, it's on American soil. Listeners, as you know, we often record the night before just as we are doing currently. So there's ma- there have been matches throughout the afternoon. There are matches on right now for us to watch. Um, it's a lot of fun. Fits our schedule a little better, doesn't it? Yep. That's right. Definitely a little bit better. Australia, I mean, my sleep schedule got a little bit uh, out of whack there, but you know what? It was it was worth it. Who needs sleep during slams, right? Yeah. Actually, you know, I don't even know if I got a chance to ask you. Did you stay up for any of the big ones? Oh, of course, man. Yeah, no, you got wow. to. I mean, I just I, I plan it. Well, every year it's one of those deals where you know, like, oh, okay, the Aussie's going to be on for the next two weeks. Like, my sleep schedule is going to get all messed up, but... Um, you know, you just kind of prepare for it. Not every night, but you know, I'll pick and choose my spots, but yeah, man, it's uh, nice to get back on a, a more regular schedule now. Wow. All right. Well, Hey, good for you. Uh, listeners, y'all should know that's impressive. Props to Matty Stacks there. Uh, but anyway, let's get into the action that we've got going on currently down in Dallas. We'll read through some of the results that just recently happened. Um, listeners, so that you are aware, there's a there's one match on court right now, and that's Kruger taking on Bellucci. They are um, deep into the second set, so if that finishes up while we're recording, we'll go ahead and update you there. Uh, matches still to come, um, All-American battles. So you got Mackey 
taking on Donald Young. That's slated to go on next. And then the final match of the evening, evening will be Ridlicky taking on Dennis Kudla. So a lot of great action there. But let's go ahead and talk about what we have seen in terms of final results. Um, another American, Bangura, taking on Dominic Kepfer, a guy we saw uh, make a deep run in a major at the end of last year. Kepfer getting through 6-4, um, I mean, a good performance, and, you know, of course, we'll get into this when it comes to the preview for um, tomorrow's matches, but look, we know this guy hits the ball very hard, especially from the ground. He can flat-out rip forehands, and, you know, taking on Istaman next, man, that's going to be sort of a all fireworks matches when it comes to big forehands. Yeah, I think so. And and Kepfer, you know, tricky lefty. He he's a good player. You're right. He bangs the ball and, you know, we saw him play in college at Tulane, you know, got up to number 1 in the nation. So, uh yeah, really good player in in this match with Bangora. Um, you know, really there were just too many unforced errors from from Seku. Um, y- you know, Kepfer was able to get up breaks, you know, pretty early in both sets and and kind of ride that out. Now, Seku did come back in the second set and, and make a bit of a push there, but right as he started to do that, all of a sudden there was just another barrage of errors and, and he lost that tiebreaker. So, frustrating loss for him, but yeah, Kepfer, I, I mean, would definitely be the favorite in this match. He came through and yeah, no, I mean, this is a guy that can make noise and, and go deep in, in Dallas. Definitely not surprised to see the three seed get through in that one. Let's move on because we saw Bradley Klon, another American, the nine seed in this one, moving through the round of 32, um, 7-6, 6-4 in a tight match over Kiraz. Um, good match there. Excited for Bradley Klon. I know this is a guy, you know, we've talked on and off about our different pods. Seems to pop up, you know, a few times a year where we really get some focus on him. In terms of expectations, what are you looking for for him this year, coming 2020? I mean, I really want him to, to just be kind of a mainstay on the actual ATP tour, you know, where he's not mm. having to play as many of these challengers. Um, I think it's good to get matches, you know, and, and play tournaments like this every now and again. But we've seen Bradley Klon, you know, at the tour level, find some success. So... I mean, for him, I just, I think he needs to stay up, you know, in that top 80 range, um, you know, top 75, top 80, because then he's going to be able to get into pretty much every tournament. Um, and, and then, you know, he's going to be able to pick and choose his spots where he comes through in big matches. So, um, it's good to see him get through a match like this against Quiroz. I mean, two former college players, USC and Stanford there. So that's kind of a bit of a a throwback rivalry. It's always fun to see that, um, you know, in these, these challengers, because there's a lot of, lot of college matchups that are fun. So, um, six and four, good result, two lefties, um, you know, but I would have expected Klondike get the win and and he did yeah i mean absolutely that's why he's seated in this one bradley Klon 29 has the career high of 63 um he's trending upward at the moment but he's still outside of the top 100 so yeah i totally agree with you if we can see him become more of a mainstay in the bigger time tournaments um that's that's going to be that's what a successful 2020 looks like for him yeah in my eyes um uh, let's move on as well another guy i mentioned um who's going to be setting up his next round match against kepfer the 13 seed dennis istaman um barely getting through in this one 6-2-4-6-7-6 over uh, Tabilo. Dennis Istaman, I mean, this is a guy who, you know, for a hot second, we heard a lot about him, right? You know, he has that big time win over Djokovic. Um, he gets some press there, but then, you know, not able to maintain that sort of level of consistency up there. 
then again, though, a guy who's so dangerous because we've seen the weaponry at its full sort of danger. I mean, I don't know. When he's at that top level, I mean, this guy can truthfully win just about any match. Yeah, I mean, he, he can, but to be honest, he, he did not play well in this match today. He, he played a poor match, and, you know, he was lucky to squeak by in a third set tiebreaker. You know, his rankings tanked a bit. You know, we haven't really seen him on the main ATP tour in quite some time. I just don't know, man. I, I, I just think he's past his best tennis. For me, I can't say that it's really in front of him. I mean, I, I hate to say it, but I think it's most likely behind him. You know, we'll remember him for that match against Djokovic and, and some other ones that he played really good tennis, but... You know, at this point in his career, I just think, you know, some injuries have gotten in the way and uh, I don't know, I could just, I, I could see him being kind of a challenger level type player, you know, as he rides out the rest of his career. But like you said, Jamie, I mean, he is a dangerous guy. I mean, he's got weaponry. So, you know, if he's able to show up and, and play to that potential, yeah, he's going to be in every match, especially at the challenger level. But today... Um, he, he didn't have that level and, and he was lucky to get by. So it'll be interesting to see how he, how he does next round. Yeah, I saw, of course, you mentioned um, the win over Djokovic that he got in 2017 at the Aussie. Um, this is a guy, too, you mentioned it. Yeah, this kind of looks like, and, and I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, this is sort of how the career rides out, just as you mentioned. Guy who's 33, he'll be turning 34 this year. Um, so really not not sort of, uh, let, let's just say, as you mentioned, kind of on the way out in that regard. Um, and that's no disrespect. That's just simply what we've seen from Dennis Istvan. Like you said, we'll remember him for that phenomenal Aussie win in 2017. Um, but ultimately, yeah, barely squeaking out a win, going up against a guy in Kepfer in the next round. You got to figure he's not going to be favored in that one. But once again, we will get to those matches of tomorrow here in a bit. Um, let's move on. Another American a guy, Gruskin, was very high on Ulysses Blanche. Um, getting knocked out by Ulfner, their 11 seed, 6-3, 6-4. Um, that moves him into the final 16. Finally, on the day, O'Connell, the six seed, getting upset by the Brazilian uh, Menezes, 3-6, um, Any final thoughts on those last couple matches before we really start previewing the ones for tomorrow? Yeah, no, I mean, for, for Ulysses Blanche, I mean, this this is a guy that's on the rise. I know he lost this match mm -hmm. to Offner, but Offner's also a young guy, so that was, you know, a young gun matchup. Offner right now, just a little bit ahead of Blanche, but um, hopefully, you know, Ulysses Blanche is a guy that we see, you know, more and more here at the challenger level making noise. I think he can do it because he's got a big game as well. Um, and then for Christopher O'Connell, I mean, this is a guy that's had a ton of success recently at the challenger level. You know, he's up in like the top 115 in the world now. So, um, definitely an upset in, in my book there, uh, for Menezes. So good win for the Brazilian, um, cause O'Connell can definitely go deep at these types of events. Certainly. Um, that's a pretty good segue into some of the guys we're going to want to talk about for our previewing of the round of 16, a guy who you fully expect to go deep in a match or in an, excuse me, in an event like this, the number one seed, Francis Tiafo, a guy who we've talked a ton about, um, you and me particularly talking about how he needed to hit the reset button and get 2020 going. Obviously, he has a really tough draw when it comes to the Australian Open. Um, and I, personally, him playing this event, I don't think it's a bad move. He, you know, it's one of those things where he wants to get some confidence back in his game, which I think is correct. 
a really interesting matchup. He's going to be going up against a fellow American in Nakashima. What are your thoughts on that one? Yeah, I want to watch this. I mean, this this is interesting, right? I love Brandon Nakashima. Obviously had a standout year last year at Virginia. Um, you know, decided to turn pro after that one season, which I believe was the correct decision. You could tell last like year, that, you know, that he was certainly, he had the pro level game ready. Um, but, you know, for, for Francis, I mean, this is a match that he should win. You know, he's dipping down to the challenger level. He wants to get some matches, get some wins under his belt. I... I you know, I'm looking for Francis to win the match, right? Obviously, I'm a big fan of both guys. I just think at this point, you know, this match is is probably a little bit more important for Francis to get on the right track. Um, Nakashima, you know, still so young. He's, you know, starting to play better and better at this level. Um, but I think it's interesting. I mean, I want to watch it because I really don't know what's going to happen. Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Yeah, I mean, you think you got to understand, too, that there's a little bit of a, well, not even a little bit. There's a weird amount of pressure on Tiafo in this match. Um, and, you know, that's that's probably not exactly what you want when you're coming down to, a, to the challenger levels of play events to build up confidence. You're coming in, you're the one seed. You're going to be expected to win. You're playing a very young American in this, once again, expected to win. It's just an odd dynamic. And I, I don't know, can that turn the tables a little bit in this match? Maybe. I mean, it, it's hard to really tell, right? I mean, it, it's possible. It's a possibility, but I, I just don't know. I mean, it's, it's so early in the season, right? We're just starting True. February and we haven't seen much out of Francis. You know, you mentioned his tough draw at the Australian um, so I just, I really want to see more. And this is the kind of match that I look for him just to kind of build off of and, and get through it. Um, but I think it's going to be really fun. I want to see how Nakashima can stack up against a guy like Francis that we know, you know, can, can definitely play um, at a super high level on the ATP tour. Oh, absolutely. Yes, this will for sure be a test for him going up against a guy in Francis Tiafo, the number one seed in this one. Um, just to sort of breeze over some of the other guys we've got in action, listeners for you today, for Matt and I, it's tomorrow. Um, you've got, as I mentioned, we've got Istamin and Kepford will be going on, battling out. That's the 3 and 13 seed. We're also going to get to see Mike Momo in action. We're going to see J.J. Wolf, Bradley Klon. I don't know if you have to pick one outside of the. Tiafo and Nakashima match, where are you looking? Where are your eyes going? Yeah, I'll go the J.J. Wolf-Watanuki match, and I'll tell you why, mm. Jamie. This is this is a funny story, but Watanuki, I, I, I remember him back in the juniors. He was playing in the junior U.S. Open, and my brother Nick was there with his uh, doubles partner, Sean Scully. They were in the junior U.S. Open, and they drew. This is really funny, actually. Watanuki was partnering with Ulysses Blanche, who we just mentioned, mm, they were sure. the, they were in the number one seed uh, in U.S. Open Juniors. This would have been back in 2016, I believe. Um, and Nick and Sean played them first round and actually beat them 
in, in Flushing Meadows. So I was, I remember that match vividly. Um, and, and it was just, it was a hell of a match, man. So a guy like Watanuki that I remember several years ago as a junior player, really, really good. You know, now he's, you know, up into the top 200. He's at the challenger level against a guy like JJ, who's really coming on, man. I mean, this is a guy that's just rising rapidly. Um, it's a super fun match. Again, very similar to the Tiafo Nakashima dynamic. I want to see how this one goes. Sure. And, you know, you talk about a guy in Watanuki, too, who just had a solid two and four win over the four seed Braden Schnur to sort of open up this portion of the bracket. So you got to expect that he's going to feel pretty good coming into this one. Yeah, no doubt. He's definitely going to be confident. He has a really, really solid game. I mean, he's good off both wings, has all the shots, solid everywhere. J.J. Wolf definitely has more firepower. And I think that's where, you know, if J.J. is going to win the match, you know, he's going to be aggressive and, and just... Um, you know, his power is going to win him the match, I think. If he makes errors, then Watanuki can probably take it. Um, but again, like so many matches with JJ, it's kind of on his racket. You know, if he's hitting sure. shots, man, serve, forehand, good night. Have fun with him. <laughs> yeah, well, we've he, we've seen him cause some trouble for people on indoor hardcourts before. So um, definitely in the cards in that one. But a um, lot of fun action going to be there in Dallas. Let's go to and go ahead and hop over to our second event that we're going to talk about, which once again is in Montpellier, France. A um, lot of fun ones today. Of course, listeners for you all, Matt and I are going to talk about the matches that recently occurred, and then of course those that are um, yet to be played. Let's go ahead and start with the all-Canadian battle. I think this is really the one that uh, maybe grabbed headlines here. The three-seed Denis Shapovalov. Look, I know Gruskin and I can definitely speak for Gruskin and myself. We expected a lot of things from him out of the beginning. Um, you know, we talked about him potentially having a deep run out of his section in the Aussie Open. Ultimately gets upset first round. Now we're coming in here going up against fellow Canadian Vasek Pospisil, who granted has been in great form and gets beat badly. Only wins five games and goes out two and three. I mean, what are we thinking for Denis Shapovalov right now? Well, it's crazy, right, man? Because remember, just a little bit before the Aussie, the ATP Cup, and remember mm -hmm. how good Denis Shapovalov looked there. He oh, was he up. Great. He was up like a set and a break on Djokovic. Remember that match? I know we were both watching it. Um, he ended up losing it, but but Denis was playing some fantastic tennis leading into the Aussie. And then obviously, you know, he got upset there and now it just seems like his confidence is down. But I'll tell you what, man, the difference in this match with Pospisil was the serve. Vasek Pospisil mm. didn't get touched on serve, didn't face a break point. He was absolutely dominant. And I mean, that was really the difference in the match. If you look at the stats, I mean, Pospisil was unbelievable on his own serve, made a bunch of first serves, won almost every single point on his first serve. And again, I mean, when Shapovalov doesn't sniff a break point, you're not going to win. I mean, you're going to lose two and three, and, and that's what happened. So credit to, to Vasek. Um, but, you know, this is a match that we really, we want Dennis to win. I mean, at, uh, you know, 250 event in France um, against his countrymen. I, I mean, for me, these are just the matches that I, I want to see him win because we know, we know he can do it. I mean, he's got ridiculous potential. Yeah, and, and it's interesting too. You mentioned the serve, of course, such a weapon for Pospisil. You know, 
a bit different playing on indoor hard here. Remember, they played each other not too long ago in the round of 16 in Auckland. And Shapovalov, the two seed in that one, won 6-4-7-6, so beats him in straights. Um, then turns around in this one, and Pospisil completely um, flips the script in this one. So not a good result for Denis Shapovalov, but you don't want to take away from Pospisil, who um, deserved this one based on how he played. Just for Shapovalov, not the start to 2020 he wanted. Yeah, that's for sure, man. And it, it looked in the very beginning of 2020 like it was going to be an awesome year, right? I'm telling sure. you, at that first event, he was lighting it up. And I was like, finally, this is the Dennis, you know, that we want to see early in the year. Um, but I don't know. All it takes for him really is like one kind of match to get his confidence back, I think. And once he can do that, I mean, he can string together wins pretty easily. So we'll, we'll just monitor him over these next few weeks and see what happens. Definitely. Well, um, that was the all-Canadian battle. There was also an all-French battle. Two French veterans we've talked about time and time again. Um, personal favorite of mine, Jill Simone, unfortunately getting knocked out in straight sets by fellow Frenchman Richard Gasquet. 6-4, 6-4. I mean, this is one of those matches where... I. I don't know. It's difficult to pull that much out of it because these guys have been around each other for so long. Um, they're friends. They're playing on their. They're both playing on home soil here. Just a straight set win. Jill Simone. I mean, who knows for Richard Gasquet too. Both veterans of the tour. What are they expecting from their games in 2020? I don't know. I, I mean, it's hard to see either result a surprise. I mean, I would say I expected Jill Simone to win this one, but seeing a 4-4 four four win from Gasquet, I'm like, eh, okay. <laughs> you know, it's, it's kind of yeah. that sort of reaction. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, tough loss for you there, Jamie. I mean, you should That's know tough. better than any – I mean, actually, excuse me, Jill Simone. I, I thought it was you for a second there. Mm, um, so close. Yeah, so close. Um, no, look, these guys are both – I mean, their rankings have slipped, right? They're both just inside the top 60 in the world now. We're used to them being, what, top 20 players? You know, mm -hmm. but they're, they're past that. You know, th this is not the time. I mean, I think Gasquet's 33 years old. Simone's 35 now. Um, it's just – Again, like you mentioned, I'm not really surprised by this result. I think a 4-4 four and four score, you know, if you would have told me Simone won 4-4, four and four, I would have been like, yeah, all right, that seems about right. But Gasquet winning 4-4, four and four, yeah, okay. Um, you know, these guys, good friends. And, and Gasquet has always been, right, throughout his career, the more talented guy. You know, with his skills on the tennis court, Simone is just, you know, the backboard that's, that's going to get every single ball back. But... Um, Gasquet was able to get it done overall in 2020. I'm not going to say that I expect too much out of either guy, but hopefully, you know, here and there in, in select tournaments, they can pop up and, you know, make some runs because they definitely still have the ability to do that. Yeah, certainly. And I think for me, the more, the more surprising piece is just that we saw some pretty good tennis from Jill Simone, um, just even, you know, recently Australian Open, right? The, the straight set win over Cuevas, even though we talked about Cuevas not being in great form, taking a set off Nick Kyrgios, who looked really good and was in um, on his best behavior and very focused. That's impressive, especially in front of his home crowd. So just a little odd one there. But once again, as you mentioned, difficult to really pull something super meaningful out of a result like this. Um, let's go ahead and move on to another Frenchman in the draw uh, who got a win, Manorino, in definitely the weirdest scoreline <laughs> of the day. Manorino taking on uh, the hard-hitting Australian Popperin, 6-0, 6-7, 6-0. 
<laughs> yeah, I don't even know what to say about this, man. I mean, that that is just, that's very odd. And if you would have told me that somebody played a match with that scoreline, the two names that I'd probably think of the most would be like a Nick Kyrgios or like a, a Bublik. Um, like mm. one, of, one of those guys, I would just, you know, I could see that, or even a, a Bernard Tomic, um, somebody like that, you know, that's just going to play one of those matches with this kind of scoreline. Um, you know, Popperin, I guess, is an Aussie. So, I mean, Kyrgios, Tomic, there's a, a bit of a connection there. But, you know, I don't That's know. Man. I, I'm, I'm, I'm grasping for straws here. It's it's crazy. I mean, for, for a three-set match, two bagels, and then the other yeah. set to go to a breaker, it's just... I mean, you rarely ever see that, especially on the professional level. I mean, not even really at the junior level. So, um, I mean, kudos to Manorino. I, I, I guess he kind of fell asleep in the second set and, you know, decided, all right, let me uh, start playing again. And he bagels the third. I, I don't know, man. Just just weird. Well, some of this on Popper too, of course, right? I mean, anytime you're at this level, especially on indoor hard with his power and ability, clearly not his most clean performance by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, Manorino, you know, doing what he does best in, you know, taking balls a little earlier at times with a short backswing, also able to just be a piece of consistency as well. Um, sometimes that works. Ultimately gets him across the finish line. You know, when we talk about his next matchup, we'll get to in a bit, but he's going up against the number one seed next. I don't know um, if today's performance would be able to get him through that match, but we will get to that in a bit. Two more matches we got to cover. Um, Grigor Dimitrov, the four seed, uh, surprisingly getting upset in three sets in this one. The Frenchman, unseeded Frenchman, Barrere, taking him out 6-7, 6-4, 7-5. Grigor Dimitrov, I mean, this just feels like a big missed opportunity. Yeah, you know this is tough for me to talk about, Jamie. You know how I feel about Grigor. I mean, we've talked about him so many times this is just not the start to the year that that I wanted for him. It's it's not. I think didn't we preview him in the off season? I know I know I talked about him. It might have yeah. been you or Gruskin. I think it was yeah, you. Yeah, I think it was me. Um, but God, man, he double faulted ten times in this match, right? So yeah, that that's just it's one of those deals where you just you can't you can't do that, man. If you're if you're playing at this level. I know, I mean, his opponent was, what, 91 in the world? Grigor's, you know, 23. It's just, for me, this is a match that he's got to win. I, I, I have to see him win these types of matches, you know, over the course of the season. And I just, I, I don't know, man. I feel like I say this every year, but it's just, he, he's got to find a way to turn it around mentally. I mean, when those double faults creep in, he loses confidence, then, you know, we, we see a player in Grigor that we don't enjoy watching. I mean, he is the most fun to watch when he's confident, you know, he gets excited, he pumps himself up, he's feeling his shots. I don't know, man, this is a tough one to lose, especially after winning that first set in a breaker to then lose four and five, uh, tough one for him. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, you already mentioned the 10 double faults, of course, also allowing Barare to get 14 breakpoint opportunities, something I forgot to mention as well in that Manorino and Popperin match. Um, something that Manorino did really well is at least making that first serve and making it very effective, winning a lot on the first serve, um, and Popperin just giving Manorino way too many breakpoint opportunities, you know, 15 breakpoints, same with Dimitrov, 14 there. I mean, that's just simply far too many, and ultimately at this level, people are going to be able to convert some of them. Um, and so, yeah, difficult for Grigor Dimitrov there. You know, he bows out of the Australian Open, losing to Tommy Paul. Of course, that's a great win for Tommy Paul, but not a good result for Dimitrov. So, 
Yeah, already on a bit of a decline for Grigor. It's still so early in the year, you know, you don't want to speculate and pull a lot of things out of it. Just ultimately kind of the same sort of uh, tone with which we speak of Shapovalov, right? Of just a mm, unfortunate for the beginning of 2020, right? Yeah, and and again, I mean, Shapoval, I I still think their situations are a little bit different. I mean, Gregor, this is almost, you know, if we remember back to last year, this is, it's starting kind of similar, and I just, I hate to see that, like, my expectations were, you know... (laughs) I don't want to say a little bit higher because I didn't know how Grigor was going to come out in 2020, but I, I was just, I guess I was hoping, you know, that he was going to start out kind of hot and, and be able to carry that through the year. But we'll see. You mentioned, I mean, it's still early. Yeah, absolutely. Well, one more match we got to run through real quick. Feliciano Lopez getting the straight set win over uh, Hugo Umber. I mean, the stat that sticks out to you here when you're looking on it is just how effective Feliciano Lopez is on the first serve. We know this guy, you know, that lefty spin, his ability to flatten it out as well can be so, so damaging um, to whoever's on the returning serve, returning side of it. Wins 92% of his points on the first serve and 63% on his second serve. I mean, <laughs> that's tough. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, that's similar to the Pospisil Shapovalov match on serve, right? Where they're making a high percentage of serves, they're winning almost every point on serve, first or second. Um, and this was, you know, lefty matchup, Umber Lopez, old guy, young guy, kind of an interesting, uh, mm-hmm. you know, matchup here. Umber's been playing good tennis. I, I've liked sure. what I've seen out of him, obviously, to start the year. He got that tournament win in Auckland. Um, and so. You know, I think he's on the right track, but Lopez, man, this guy just doesn't seem to go away. I mean, every year it's like, ah, Feliciano Lopez, he's washed up. Like, we're not really going to see much more out of him anymore, are we? And then all of a sudden, it's 2020 now. Here's Lopez again. He's winning matches at tour level. It's it's like, man, I mean, this guy for, you know, an older guy, you know, in, in tennis terms, obviously, um, he, he can still get out there. He's obviously in phenomenal shape. And, and as long as he's got that serve, I mean, I don't see why he can't stick around. Yeah. And I mean, it's the same thing too. I remember thinking this when he got that title at Queens club last year, yeah. um, I was like, wait, what really? <laughs> yeah. That was a big one for him. Cause he won singles and doubles dubs. Of course, you know, we're not going to go down that train, but he was, when he was playing with Murray, uh, but regardless, yes, you're absolutely right. Still sticking around. Um, that is the final match we got to get through. Let's go ahead and talk about our matches for listeners for you today, Matt, you and I, for tomorrow. Let's go ahead and start with the guy we were just talking about, Feliciano Lopez. Um, you mentioned it. He was playing a young gun. Now he's going to be playing a veteran of the tour who we spoke about, Richard Gasquet. The Lopez-Gasquet matchup. And, you know, ultimately, I'll ask you for your thoughts on that one. I'm favoring Lopez here because if he puts on that sort of serving display once again, Gasquet's going to be in a lot of trouble. Yeah, that's exactly what I was just going to say, Jamie. You beat me to it. Um, You got to, at least right now from what I've seen, I've got to favor Lopez strictly, like you mentioned, because of that serve. I mean, when he's dominant there, it's tough to beat him. And, you know, it's not like I have a ton of confidence in the Gasquet return. I mean, that's, you know, nothing that I can really speak about that I'm I'm excited for. So, yeah, (laughs) no, I mean, you know, right now um, I'll take Lopez in that matchup. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that is absolutely um, the way to go based on what we have seen. Some other fun ones for you here. Uh, Yimmer coming off of his win over Yannick Sinner will be taking on the seven seed Krenovich. Um, Bublik will be taking on the two seed David Goffin. 
Uh, Gael Monfils, as we mentioned already, is our one seed who will be taking on Manorino, who came through in that weird scoreline match over Popperin. Um, another Frenchman in action as well, um, primarily known for dubs, but also still out here on the singles tour, doing a lot of good things. Air Bearer taking on the five seed. FAA. Um, and then finally, we also have the young uh, the young guy from Finland, Rusevori, taking on Gumbos. There's a lot of good matches in this one. Um, where do you where do you immediately go ones you really want to watch? Well, obviously, and you're probably going to see this coming, but you know my guy FAA. Anytime he's out there, sure. I'm tuning in. I want to watch him and see how things are going. So that matchup with their bear, interesting matchup. Um, I, you know, I, I really wouldn't... I, I can't say that I'd be shocked either way. You know, if Bear wins that match, if FAA wins it, I'll go ahead and pick FAA because that's my guy. I want him to get through a match like this. I think at this stage, you know, this is the type of match that he needs to win and, and get through and advance in this tournament. So I'll look for him. And then um, that other all-French battle, man, the one-seed Monfils against Manorino. Manorino's always a tricky matchup. I mean, the lefty... Sure. Um, but I, still, with that being said, I'm going to go with Monfils. I think he's just playing a little bit too good right now, um, but definitely one to keep an eye on. Yeah, I think so. And, and look, a lot of different things could happen here, but if you're going to pick one of the seeds that we just mentioned, um, I think the one you're, you're thinking mainly on upset alert, at least for me, is Krajanovic against Yemmer, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's fair. Michael Emer, yeah, that, that's another guy that's he's coming on, man. I mean, young guy, battled up through the challengers. This is a good opportunity for him. And Krajinovic, I mean, to me, I've never been been the biggest fan of his game. Solid player. He can be a little on or off mentally. Um, that is certainly potential in, in my eyes for, for upset alert. Yep, that is where my mind goes as well. But um, yeah, with that being said, that does conclude those two um, events that we've got for you, both on home soil in Dallas and then, of course, there in Montpellier. Some great matches. Um, hopefully, listeners, you all are able to not only just listen to um, Stokoyak and I, you know, ramble and speculate but also you know get out there and actually get to watch the matches because that's really what it's all about and so we always enjoy, enjoy doing that being able to break them down and then look to see what we think is going to happen in the next one if you ever any uh if you ever have any ideas on it go ahead and you know say it in the comments follow us on social media say hey you know what i listened to this pod I don't agree. You know, tell us you think our takes are bad. That's what we love to hear, right? Um, especially if you hear Gruskin talking and he has a bad take. Make sure you call that one out. Um, you, you always got to call him on it. Matt, I want to thank you for hopping on. As always, I know you are my Wednesday regular, but um, here it is. We're recording Thursdays, and uh, it's fun anytime we get on the pod, right? And no matter the day. That's right, man. Any day. You know I'm always ready to roll, and you know if, if the listeners don't necessarily call out Gruskin – that's what I'm here for. So I'll always, you know, <laughs> I'm always here to, to call him out when he uh, gives his bad takes, which are, you know, fairly common. Yeah, fair enough. Well, in that case, then I'm certainly going to lean on you for that one. Once again, thank you so much for hopping on with me, Matt. What do we tell our listeners? That's a break. All right, and we'll catch you guys next time. Uh-huh.